Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com, the podcast program in which we study one chapter of Tanakh. In each podcast, my name is Yitzchak Et Shalom, and I'm delighted to be studying Sefer Eov with you. We are now going to study Perak Lamed Aleph, chapter 31 of Eov, which is the final chapter of Eov's final speech. Uh, Eov will speak up several times more briefly in the book, uh, but this concludes his second presentation, uh, which in the middle of the previous parak, towards the end of the previous parak, he took several oaths testifying to his righteousness, and now he continues. Brit karati la'enai, I made a covenant with my eyes, umayat ponein al that I would not gaze at a young maiden. In other words, even those things which are inherently permissible and yet uh, ill-advised as they lead to, uh, they, they have the potential to lead to sins, um, I guarded myself against. We'll see how that comes up a little later on in the parak. And what portion did I get from God for this? And God's legacy or God's gift to me from the heavens. There is a bad time waiting for the sinner, and tragedy waiting for sinners. But God sees my path. He counts my, my steps. And again, the im introducing an oath. If I have gone to in vain pursuits, have I hurried my legs to go deceive people? God knows that I've been honest. And if he does that, and if I indeed I have, then God will weigh me in the scales of justice. And God will know my perfection, my wholeheartedness. And again, an oath. If my legs have gone off of the path, and my eyes have gone and strayed, and something is stuck to my hands, which meaning if I've held on to any ill-gotten gains, then he accepts upon himself the curse that I'll plant and another will eat. This is reminiscent of the curses in in Dvarim Chafchet. And my children will be uprooted. If I was ever tempted after a woman, here indicating a married woman, and I lay in wait, in ambush, at my friend's door in order to have an adulterous union, then what curse am I accepting? Because I haven't done that. So what curse am I accepting if I had? That my wife would then end up having to grind for another, meaning that she would be enslaved and working as a lowly handmaid for another. And others would lie on her. That's the curse he's accepting. He is not his wife. He is adultery, is a disgusting thing. Vehu avon plilim, and it is a serious crime. Why ki eshi aravadon tochel? It is a fire which devours all the way until destruction. Ovechol tvuati tisharesh, and tisharesh, just as he said, that my children would be uprooted, all of my bounty would be uprooted. But it is uprooted by the fire that's caused by sexual desire that's inappropriate. Imem as mishpat Now he moves to a different area of his life. Typically, an owner owns his slave, 
and any matters between the slave and the owner are kept between the slave and the owner and uh, doesn't come to court. But he said, Have I ever disregarded the claims of my slaves or my slave girls? If they challenged me? And I'll tell you why I treated them properly. And if they had a complaint against me, I heard it properly and didn't discount it. Because what will happen when God will stand up? And he claims on me, sort of as the shepherd, where is the flock? And he's the owner of all of us. So I'm not the owner of the slave. After all, the one who made me made him, the, meaning the slave, in the, in the womb. And Echad, God, the one, prepared him in the womb, just like he prepared me. So we're all slaves to God, and I'm not the owner. So this is what, what Eov says, this was my motivation to act properly with my slaves. And now he moves to another oath with the im. If I kept anything from the poor, did I have the widow's eyes go dark and squinty, anticipating some help that never came? Of course I didn't. And did I end up eating my food alone, not having an orphan eat from it also? I was raised with the orphans like a father, meaning my father made sure to have poor people in the house, so I grew up with them. And from the point that I was born, I would help lead the almana. The almana was around the house, the widows, the poor were around the house, and I would help them even when I was young. So I was raised this way. If I saw somebody who was lost, without clothing, and there was a poor man who had no covering, no clothes, did not his his loins bless me because I covered them? Wasn't he warned, warmed by the wool, the warmth of the of the wool shearings of my sheep? And as I gave him wool and clothing, and again another oath. Did I ever lift my hand up? And this is in a form of derision. Uh, on the uh, on the orphan when I'm sitting with my wealthy friends and see somebody poor going by or I'm in court and they come to me and I lift a hand as if to say do do away with them did I ever do that ki ezrati just because I saw my fellows with me at the gate meaning in the court if that w- if I ever did that then again he accepts another curse may my shoulder fall off of the shoulder blade. And my arm should break out of its stem, should break where it is. In other words, if I was not always helping them with my hands and with my arms, then they should break off of me. And what's my motivation? Why was I so careful with them? Because I was afraid of the day of reckoning of God. And I could not deal with my fear of him. So I didn't want to get involved in that, so I was, I was, I was pious. And now he takes another oath, a series of oaths having to do with his loyalty to God in the area of beliefs and attitudes. Did I ever put my faith in gold, and say that gold is my, is my trust house? 
And another component of the same thing. Did I ever rejoice because I said my power is great or my fortune is great and I relied on that and looked to that as my salvation? And greatness, my hand have found greatness, meaning I look how much I built up and that's my, my trust. Or im ere or kiahel. Did I look up to the light that was shining, and the beautiful light of the moon? In other words, did I ever worship the stars? So he's saying, I always avoided all forms of idolatrous attitudes, whether it's in money or in self made wealth or in or in, in the heavenly bodies. Vayif Basater Libi was my heart ever seduced in secret. Vatishakya Dilafe. And I ever put my hand to my mouth. Now, this may mean to kiss it as if there was something that I wanted, but I didn't want to tell anybody I wanted it, so I privately kissed it that way, or that I put my hand to my mouth to cover it so that I wouldn't tell anybody what I really wanted. Was I really behaving that way? Was I really a hypocrite? That's also a terrible sin. Because then I'm lying to God. Was I? Did I rejoice at the fall, at the tragedy of my enemy? Did I get all excited in singing because bad things happened to him? I did not let my palate sin, my, my, my mouth sin, to ask God to curse him, this enemy of mine. Not the God's the enemy. I had an enemy. I never asked God to curse him. Did my, and again, an oath, the people who lived in my tent, what that means is not my family members, but these poor people who came into my tent, did they not say, that they said, oh, I wish we could have some more of the meat that he's giving him, giving us, but he's holding, withholding it so that we won't oversatiate, so we'll be able to eat more. He was actually, they were blessing me for doing them a favor, even in the way I, I fed them. I did not have any stranger sleep outside. I opened up my doors for the outsider, for the way. And notice the play on, I have covered up the poor, but have I covered up my sins like Adam did? To hide my sin in a hiding place? Have I got some secret sins? that I'm not telling anybody about? God knows. And I'm testifying that it's not so. And now he seems to move into the present tense, into the present time. That I'm now afraid of this whole large congregation around. The degradation of all of these people is frightening me. I'm silent and I don't go outside. And now he concludes by saying, I wish that someone would hear me, that God would hear me. This is my mark, my tav. God should answer me. In other words, he's signing on to this claim. This is his suit, and he's finishing it. And I wish that my, my opposite number would write a document documenting everything that I've said. I would carry it on my shoulders. It would be a proud thing. And I would adorn it like a crown. I will tell God all about every step that I've taken. And then I'll be able to come back to him like a proper man, like a wealthy man, and, and come close to God. Let's get this all cleared out of the way. 
This is what Eo has been pushing for the whole time, and now he's coming to the crescendo. And one more oath. Has my earth ever cried out against me? And the furrows weep together because my land has been the cause of others' pain. Have I eaten from the fruit of my land, from the power of my land, without paying? Meaning, have I stolen it? Have I killed the owners? Have I taken it wrongly? Have I had people come and work there and not pay them? In any way, has my land been the cause of other people's pain? And it hasn't. And he says, Going back to the field. In place of the wheat grows the bush, the thorn bush. And in place of the barley comes some stinky weed. And this is the last thing that Eov has to say in his speech. Tamu divrei Eov. Those are the, the, the ends of the words of Eov. Now we'll hear Eov again briefly, here and there, in his, in, in his interaction with God in the last prakim. But in the meantime, now the three have spoken, Eov has spoken, and in the next parak we will meet the fifth human character, the fifth and final human character of this amazing drama of Eov. And we'll see that in Parak Lamed Bet in the next podcast. I wish you have a wonderful day.